Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Dollars and Cents podcast with Nicole Romito. Nicole, what you talking about this week? Hey, Bill, how are you? It's good to hear from you. Um, I'm super excited. I mean, I guess I say that every week, but I have a very special guest in studio with me today, a mahogany person who is our uh, summer intern at Private Vista this year. So hi, mahogany. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm really uh, appreciate you being willing to share your time and your story with both me and our listeners. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Great. So before we, um, what we're going to talk about today is um, Mahogany is graciously agreed to share her path as she, her path to becoming a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. So there are, I think, I know as I've experienced and many of our listeners may have as well, there really isn't a straight path to a career anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say there's anything wrong if that is how someone ended up at their career, but usually it's a long and winding road. And that definitely rings true to becoming a financial advisor. And so Mahog and I are going to kind of talk a little bit about her pathway to how she is becoming one. Before we start our conversation, though, I'd like to just give our listeners a little background on Mahogany. Uh, She is from the great state of Ohio, uh, which I say that because as am I, Uh, I think our listeners know I'm from a suburb of Cleveland. Mahogany hails from the other end of the estate, uh, the state uh, being from Dayton, Ohio. She earned her bachelor's degree in mathematical statistics from Ohio University in 2017. After graduation, she has dedicated much of her professional journey to teaching math at the middle and high school levels at a local Dayton school. Back in 2019, she really wanted to follow her passion for working with individuals to educate them around their personal finances. So she decided to pursue a master's in business administration with a concentration in finance. Her commitment to financial planning led her to complete two internships in our field, and she's currently on the path to earning her CFP, which is the Certified Financial Planner designation. Her strong foundation in mathematics and her growing knowledge in finance is allowing Mahogany to guide others to achieve financial growth and prosperity. So, wow, that is a lot you have accomplished uh, in your short time on this planet. (laughs) So why don't we kind of open up and, um, you know, you obviously really like math. Um, How did you decide that you wanted to become a teacher to educate people in that field? Um, I always gravitated towards math because I always liked the productive struggle of it. Um, In high school, I had a math teacher that made learning math fun. And I always wanted to be a teacher just like her to make math fun and make it relevant to everybody's life. Well, I wish I would have you had you as a teacher because I don't know, even though I deal with numbers for a living, I don't know that I would say math is fun. (laughs) So kudos to you. (laughs) 
Yeah, I always liked it. Um, the productive struggle part of it. I like the aha moment. The mm. aha, when you like you struggle through the problem and then you get that aha moment and the the lights all it's like everything is clear. I know it. So I love that part of it. That's great. Do you have maybe a specific memory of either when you had an aha moment or with a student or did you have a, any type of um, strategies or, or exercises that you use to get people to their aha moment? Well, for me, as always in undergrad, I always cried at every exam, oh. after every exam. But then I, I end up passing the class and then you go to the next level of class and um, you get the lesson, you start learning the materials like, OK, I remember this from last time. I know how to do this now. I like It's that aha moment when you move up to the next level because math build on each other on, on top of each other. So when you move up and you under you struggle through the the first class and then you get to the next class like you feel so confident in it. So that that's what my aha moment was when you get to the next level. I love it. And it's always um I agree with you personally it's gratifying as well when you do not all of life is easy. And yeah. when you do struggle through something or have a challenge and then you're able to work through it, um, it is very gratifying to be able to use that as a building block mm -hmm. and look back on it as yeah. You know, we both know and our listeners do too, life's going to throw us some curveballs. Yes, yes. And a lot of us, um, especially at Private Vista, one of our fundamentals is to be, you know, an ongoing, a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. So that really, I think, sets you up well yes. to achieve that yes. is what was the struggle? How did I push through it? Yep. And now I'm ready, you know, for my next challenge. Yes, yes. I always taught my students that. Um, life is a productive struggle, so you have to struggle through it and figure out things like different routes to figure out things. That is great. So then you taught for a few years mm -hmm. and then how did you either come to the decision? I don't know if it was over time and you were waiting for the opportune time to pivot. Mm -hmm. How did you decide to say, I really love educating people, but I want to do it in a different environment. Mm -hmm. And I want to kind of maybe make it more encompassing, still including math, of course, mm -hmm. but helping people learn about how to um, better manage or take control of their finances. Um, the journey for me pivoting from education to finance, personal finance um, was more of a personal journey for me. Uh, my mom feels falling sick a couple of years ago mm -hmm. before COVID happened. She has congested heart failure. And at that time I'm trying to learn how to manage my own finances. Um, so when I took her on as her sole care provider, I was asking her questions about, do you have anything saved or do you have um, something to help me uh, financially? Um, she basically her answer was she didn't know that she had to do the line up things to for this point of life it's so common she's certainly yeah. not alone in that yes yeah. so i as i'm like teaching myself and trying to take her on as a um caretaker or as her caretaker i um started to notice that my students were doing the same thing they but they're starting off young wow. so I, I see that it was a generational thing so my kids are taking care some of my students had two two jobs and working and were um in school full time so i wanted to figure out some a way that i can give back to my community teach them educate them on personal finance so i that's when i switched into the career 
That is great. And I, I love that not only were you looking at your personal experience, but you were noticing that in the community and your groups around you, mm-hmm. um, that other people were, you know, had this gap in this knowledge base or experience. Yes. So it's, I certainly think that you and your students, um, certainly that's not a one-off or, um, you know, an, um, the exception, what are some of the things maybe if you would want, wouldn't mind sharing that you started talking to people about to kind of get them to dip their toe in the pool of not only thinking about it and becoming aware, but some of the things they could do to start to take control of their own situation? Um, I started talking to my parents about retirement because I was I grew up on thinking about retirement is a later thing. Mm. And I wanted to talk to them about like, we need to start thinking about this now because when we get to the point we like my mom falling sick or right. a, a predicament happened, uh, we need to have something to fall on. And so they don't have to work until they're 80 something years old. I don't want my parents to work into that, to that age. And like, they might have to, but I wanted to have like more of a real conversation with them about their finances. Like we have to start making changes. So we, our kids, my kids don't have to worry about taking, taking care of me. How did that conversation go? I would think, I mean, in, in our country, talking about money is still pretty much taboo. And I know talking to your parents about money and their situation, right, could go a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Were they open to the conversation? How did you broach it so that they could feel comfortable talking about it and not feeling that you were, you know, you were coming from a place of love and support? They were very open to it because they lack the knowledge as well. Okay. So as I'm learning things, I'm telling my dad, like, you need to do this. You need to do that. Like, he has, like, the income to do it, but he doesn't know, he doesn't have the knowledge or the background to know how to set up a a portfolio and save and invest into um, different things or who to go to to even ask those questions. Yeah, absolutely. I I do feel that... If you don't, if you haven't been exposed to this or, you know, at home or in life, it's even though there's a lot of information out there at our fingertips, it's really hard to figure out how to navigate it Mm -hmm. and then also be like, well, what the heck applies to me? Yes. Right. So almost like narrowing down the information and options to be like, which three things should I even be looking at. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, good. All right. Well, let's kind of talk about then you went from teaching, you shared a little bit about how you started exploring this on the personal side. Professionally, um, after you left teaching, your first job in the finance world um, was with a large bank and you were in the in a call center, I believe. Yes. Um, so I worked in the call center in the credit card fraud department, um, taking inbound calls for from clients that um was suspecting fraud on their account. I used that as more of an introduction to finance. Um, even though I didn't stick with it that long, um, I used that as a, a introduction for me to like see where I wanted to go. What are some of the things in that first job that either helped you say, oh, this isn't for me and or what are some of the things that you took with you um, that you still use today, either Um, skill wise or people you met? 
I really left the position because the that department closed. Oh, okay. So- <laughs> well, that's that's pretty cut and dry. <laughs> yeah, I left that position because the department closed, and I was I wanted to explore education. Okay. Um, but I took with me um the the knowledge of like handling credit cards, like don't use it at the gas station, like simple things like that. <laughs> oh yeah, that those are good tips, right? Because yeah. there's so much fraud. Yes. Um, it's rampant today. Yeah. I mean. It's almost inevitable, no matter how careful you are, that especially with the credit cards, yes. so that'll be used. And then after that, if the department closed and you weren't really, I don't think you were probably aiming to be in a call center for your no. entire career. No. <laughs> what? Where did you go next? I was offered a position in Dayton to teach um, at the high school level in a small, to teach small group math to okay. students that uh, struggled in math. And then I was there for like five years. Okay. All right. So you started, so you started out as a math teacher, Mm -hmm. then you went to the credit card call center. No, I started as the, in the credit card department and then I switched to education. Oh, okay. All right. Great. (laughs) So then, all right. So then you got into math Mm -hmm. and you were doing that. How did you progress along as a teacher? I stayed up. So I taught small group group math for two to three years. And then um, they gradually wanted me to start teaching statistics. So I um, taught a class called Life Life Stats, stand for Life Statistics. Um, I had all freedom creativity with that class. So I built the the curriculum myself. Um, So I taught things like the Monty Hall problem. I did minute to win it games to collect um, data, uh, qualitative data quantitative data and i also uh tried to teach them how to play poker oh that was not successful I was at like, all. how did that go over it, it was, was it not successful because the students uh took all the winnings or no i just didn't know how to play t- poker oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was oh, trying to well, teach, i was trying to do too, the math in the game at the same time and you like, didn't know our colleague randy at the time oh, he yeah. could have helped out with yeah. that so <laughs> he, he could have been a special guest lecturer for that series <laughs> So you did that or you did some uh, like some interesting activities to engage the kids. Um, So the poker maybe wasn't the most successful, but how were some of the other engaging activities? What did you learn from that and take with it as you've continued to progress with your career? Um, I tried to teach the like in this class, I try to teach the realistic part of statistics. So like the minutes of winning games, play game, play games to collect data, um, had the the students use their sports because we had a lot of basketball players use their sports statistics to talk about how well they doing in each game. I had them make their own newscast to um talk about correlation versus causation. Um, they and they did well on that one. I love that's the, my favorite one. They actually did the project to the T. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. So I, I, um, they enjoyed it. They enjoyed that how realistic it was to them. It wasn't just a a, math, a class that came in and took notes. They came in. We did activities. We we learned math at the same time, but we did mostly activities. I, I, that's a great approach. And um, would you say how have you been able to transition having engaging activities versus? talking uh, to someone as you've been, you know, working in your two internships Mm -hmm. in the financial advisory field? Um, It's more like the Mm -hmm. one-on-one engagement, working with individuals at a, on a one-on-one basis, you get to learn who they are as an individual Um, working with students. It's hard to 
engage with them. So they like the personal. They like to they like for you to know who they are, not as a just a student, but who they are outside of the school. Um, so engaging in that and then uh, working with clients and getting to know them is is like hand in hand. Hey, pardon the interruption. I know you are listening to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito, and we're happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to myprivatevista.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I know even though understanding numbers and probably having some love of numbers in our profession is, is necessary as a foundation, the way to really excel and flourish as a financial planner is you really need to care about the people that you work with and that we're serving as clients. Um, And it's the same thing with our clients. Of course, they come to us and they want to know, am I on the path um, to be able to achieve my goals? Am I going to be financially independent at some point? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, am I going to be able to stop working for pay, educate my kids, help my, excuse me, help my family if need be. Mm -hmm. But just like you said, they are they they know and it's really important that we know and care about them as individual yeah. people cuz we're all human beings yes. with feelings and fears and um things we get excited about mm-hmm. and things we don't know about so it's really looking at the whole person yeah. to be able to successfully have um a long-term relationship with them exactly it's building it's about building a relationship with them building that um, personal relationship as yes. well. Like it's personal. Everything is personal. Education is personal. Finances is personal. So get to know them on an individual level and then you can work your way up from there. Yes. Yes. Those are, those are wise words you have just shared. So, all right. Now you also, I, I feel not only do you like to educate others, um, you certainly are a lifelong learner yes. and continue your education. Yes. So not only are you trying to build some of your practical experience um, by, you know, with your internships and then your um, job in the call center, but why don't you share with our listeners some of the things you're doing with your um, ongoing education to help you get closer towards your life goal? As you mentioned, I completed two internships through the internship program um, called BLX, uh, BLX stands for Black, Le- Le- Black and Latina X. Um, they give you, they provide a lot of opportunities for me to attend conferences. Um, um, I attended one last March um, through Advisor 2X. I also um, can attend um, seminars, webinars that they have weekly throughout the summer. Uh, we have a, a, a couple of the interns formed a mastermind group. So we bounce, bounce ideas or knowledge off of each other. Um, also, I'm getting my CFP. So I just started that. So I'm building my knowledge through like my community and then just reaching out to people. That's great. And I mean, I, I took the CFP exam uh, many years ago and it's uh, it's a beast. So <laughs> you, it's, you know, but it's so worth it. Yeah. And that just the, the wealth of knowledge and then the expanse of knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
I think really serves to be able to put all the different pieces of the puzzle together for a client. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though we're maybe not the, um, you know, we don't draft legal documents, we don't do tax returns, Mm -hmm. but we know enough to ask the questions of, hmm, is this a potential opportunity? Mm -hmm. Is this a potential vulnerability? Mm -hmm. Talk to the client and educate them, uh, but then pull in the other professionals on the team to, um, you know, get their opinion and we, and then also have them either draft any documents or things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's, that's going to be a good, uh, next thing to have in your toolbox is to have the CFP designation. (laughs) How about you mentioned with your internships, how have those helped you progress along? Do you have any tips or, um, uh, words of wisdom for our listeners who are maybe thinking they want to get into our field. I would say that take it all in, take okay. it all in, because it, it, switching careers is is very is different from education. I mean, even though it's, it's still I'm still dealing with math, but it's a lot of information that I did not know. Right. Even though when I was teaching myself, like my personal finance to part of it, it's a lot of stuff I don't know. And I still am learning. So take it all in, be patient, ask questions. I'm a question person. <laughs> I ask all the questions all so I can like one, get the answer. Right. But two, so I can like keep it in the back of my head. Okay. I take notes. I keep everything down, but it take it's, it takes time. It it definitely does. And it's, I feel like probably every part of the world, but certainly in our profession, there is no there, Yeah, right? Because the clients are continually evolving as people and they go through life. Certainly the markets, the laws, excuse me, economic environment. I mean, we just live in a very, very fluid world. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I find that exciting because there's always something new to learn or different things to think about. But we have our foundation and our process to kind of anchor us. Yeah. So that's great. Can you speak a little more? You mentioned the, um, I think it was the Black and Lex. Black and Latina X. How did you find out about that? Because I think really in today's world, it's getting into groups Mm -hmm. of like-minded people. Mm -hmm. Um, I truly do believe that deep down people do want to help one another. Mm -hmm. So how did you find them? And are there any other groups that you've uh, connected with that are helping you progress? I found them when I um, decided to switch careers. So I was like, I started back. I had to sit back and think like, how would, if I was just graduating from college, what would I do? So I was like, I try to look up some internships. Um, this was a, this was a new program is this is the, this summer is the only third, the, the third summer of them completing the cohort. Um, oh, fabulous. Yeah, so fairly still new. Yeah. But you got uh, in on the ground floor. Yes. Yeah, so I was looking for an internship and I came across this, um, this program read into it. I was like, okay, this is a, a group of African-American and Latina X, um, advisors that is really are trying to push to diversify the field i missed that summer i missed the deadline for that summer so i kept on i just i signed up for their email um subscription so i could keep a track of when the new cohort was going to start applying for the position and then from there i just kept on it i just applied for it you go through a process you get interviewed um several different times with the program and then you get interviewed with three different well with how many firms that you get matched with. I got matched with three firms and I interviewed for three firms, got hired, got offered two, but I took the 
season one in Columbus. That's great. So I love that you've been with a couple different firms Mm -hmm. and also in two different locations since you're with us in Chicago this (laughs) summer. So not only are you growing, evolving in your own career path, you are clearly committed to it since you're away from your family this summer. (laughs) How has that, has anything you've learned this summer from being in a city where, you know, you're not with your family, uh, you didn't grow up or live in for a long time, any skills you've picked up there that you think might help you along the way? To be independent and to take care of myself. Because I, I, for the last couple of years, I've been that caregiver for everybody. The, right. the person that they lean on when they need help. So I like the being away from home. Ah, <laughs> really. Being able to just, oh, you're like, I only have to worry about myself. Yes. I only got to worry about myself yeah. right now. <laughs> that, that I'm, I can see how that might be refreshing and it enjoyable. Is. Yes. So. And I can focus more on my career path now that I'm by myself in a new city, in a big city that right. offers a lot. Yes. Yes, I agree. Well, I I think, you know, after you've completed your internship with us, um, what's next? Still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm applying for job process right now. Okay. And interviewing at different firms in Chicago and at home. So Mm -hmm. still trying to figure it out. I have a couple more weeks to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, which is good, right? Yes. Which is good. So... Well, great. Well, I want to thank you for being so personal with me and our listeners today. We really appreciate you sharing your story where it is at this point. I have a feeling we're going to hear a lot more from you and there's a lot more of good coming for you and your story. Yes. As we wrap up, is there any either tips or something, anything you want to share with our listeners if, you know, they're considering changing careers? I would say to be patient and then figure out your path because there's so many different paths you can go down and it's so it, the 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 field as a financial planning is expanding right now and um, so it, it's so different many different things you could do you go to go to the psychology part of finance or you could do more of the um, selling part but find what works best for you to um, when you want to enter this field. I think that's great advice. And um, just to add on to what you said, there are so many different parts of our industry where if you really want to be people focused and working with the clients, or if you want to be grinding numbers, or you want to be really involved with portfolio development or portfolio management, there are a lot of different ways you can go. Um, I would also just want to add on, I know you have a love and a strong background in math. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those listening out there, it's not all about the math. No, it's so not. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, um, can, uh, I think it's great for the people who do like that gets them jazzed up, mm-hmm. but it really is about the people and the relationship. Um, so if you're like, eh, math's not really my jam, or I don't know about numbers, you could still be very successful in our industry. And also too, um, I think the pandemic really gave most of us time to think about, is this what I want to do with my life? It almost gave everyone a chance to pause. And it, it right? Yes. I definitely during that time, I used that time to pause and think about things, uh, uh, my route of what to take. And um, if I really wanted to make this, this switch. Right. Yeah. So I would say no matter what your path, your education, your prior experience, you know, there's really never too late 
to pivot or look to say what's in my next chapter. So don't feel trapped of, oh, I've done this for 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, you got a long roadway ahead of you and and a lot of skills that you learn. And in particular in teaching, a few of our advisors were teachers in their prior career. Mm -hmm. And same as you, they loved teaching. They wanted to just be able to teach a different cohort of people and a different material, if you will. So certainly those are very transferable skills. And I think too, coming from a teacher, the 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 being curious about people and life in general, that mm-hmm. certainly transfers very well. So, well, great. Um, I think as you may know, with all, each of my guests, I always wrap up the episode with a question mm-hmm. of if you could live anywhere in the world, um, no time constraints, no financial constraints, not that your family are not lovely people, but you're <laughs> not constrained to be near them. Maybe you're going to take them with you. Where would you live and why? I would go and stay in Jamaica. Oh, my first time going to Jamaica was a service trip. Oh, nice. Uh, yes. So we volunteer at a school um, in Jamaica, in Mendeville, Jamaica. Okay. Um, it was a, a big land of three buildings, three to four buildings, the schoolhouse, a dorm room, because they housed the kids during the school year, the cafeteria and a chapel. The schoolhouse was one house made of three with three rooms in this one schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. And each room was basically two classrooms. Wow. And each classroom had one teacher, but teaching two different subjects, um, teaching two different grade levels. So a, a one teacher can ke- teach kindergarten and first and then divided by a curtain. And another teacher was teaching second grade and third grade. Oh, my God. Talk about herding cats. I can't even imagine. So I fell in love with the land, first of all. Mm. Um, But I would love to go back and teach there or teach at something similar to that because they need teachers there. And the kids are... um, it's a lot of poverty in Jamaica. Yes. So yeah. it, they need teachers. And I love the fact that they had they house their kids throughout the school year. So it was just like a little campus of elementary and middle school kids. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> well, that's I always say there's no wrong answer, but that that sounds amazing. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me today. I was nervous. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> thank you. That was great. Nicole, thank you for introducing us to Mahogany. And Mahogany, I have to tell you, I know a guy who has his PhD in physics. And one of his passions in life is math. And his complaint is people don't do math because it's hard. And he believes that we should do hard things. So uh, <laughs> I, I know I know he would he would uh, his heart sings at the thought of hearing what you had to say. But I, I do have a, a question about it because is it a natural inclination of yours or was it a was it a learned thing on your part that you that you thought productive struggle is a good thing? I learned it as a teacher and as a student. Um, it was kind of natural because I, I mean, even though I love math, it's still hard. Yeah, it's still something that you have to figure out. It's it's not a straight answer, and it's not just one way to answer something. So it it's it's hard, but you'll get through it. You'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for those words of encouragement for people like me. <laughs> And thank you, listeners, for listening to the podcast. Nicole, before we go, if people want to reach out to you and get in touch, how do they do that? 
Yes. Thanks for asking, Bill. If they would like to get in touch with me or any one of our fabulous advisors at Private Vista, the best way to do so is either to call our main line at 312-831-4370 and either Lorena or Sue B will redirect your call. Or you can go to our website at myprivatevista.com. And on our homepage near the top, there'll be a contact us button. And um, if they fill out their information there, we will also get you connected to the right advisor. Excellent. And if you didn't get that answer entirely, back your listening device up and get that whole thing all over again. If you're a new listener and you like what you heard today, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that the next episode will be automatically delivered to your listening device. You'll be notified and you won't miss another episode. We also ask that you share and rate this podcast because by doing so, you will help others find it. I'm Bill Tucker, and on behalf of Nicole Romito and all the folks at Dollars and Cents, thank you again for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.